Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown! Carolina wins! Carolina is the Coastal Division champion! Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not! Yes, he is! Gio, he's gonna take it for a touchdown! Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Burr. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome in to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's Anthony Pagnata and Zach Hubbard coming to you on a Friday night here uh, in the middle of July. Uh, some big news today for Carolina, and uh, of course we have a big commitment coming up this weekend. But as I mentioned, huge news for the Tar Heels and it involves possibly the 2020 season as well for a guy that we just received a commitment from. That's right. Earlier today, it was confirmed by Tony Grimes that he will reclassify into the class of 2020. And we knew this was a possibility. This is something that we had heard was becoming more and more of a possibility. And with the Virginia High School League sort of dragging their feet on whether or not they're going to play this upcoming fall, even in the spring, Tony Grimes went ahead made the decision for himself today and uh, he is going to graduate early. He only had one class that he needed to complete. He's going to get that done uh, before he ends up enrolling on August 1st. And Zach, uh, we're not too far away from talking about him as a commitment to the 2021 class. So this is a guy that is going to bring a lot to the Tar Heels and now he's going to do it a year earlier than we originally imagined. Yeah, it seemed like just yesterday we were speaking about him as a prospect, and then we were speaking about him as commit, and you know now we sit here. It's kind of crazy. We're speaking about him as a you know a future enrollee, like you said, prepared to uh, enroll on August first. Just has to finish one up 
one uh, government class uh, to receive all his high school credits and is working with UNC admissions to enroll in that date. And, you know, it's a, it's an immediate boost to the Tar Heels. And it's, it's um, you know, it's one where, like we've discussed, he's the first five-star prospect of, you know, this new Mac Brown era. And you already get him on campus. Yeah, I, I mean, a huge commitment for Carolina a couple weeks ago. First five-star commit since, of course, Dante Page Moss back in 2009. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, when we talk about Tony Grimes, we've talked about it a lot. A guy that's a shutdown corner on the outside. He's got, you know, a little bit of Marlon Humphrey, which for you has to be very exciting because, of course, you're also an Alabama fan. You follow along with everything that they do as well. Um, and then, you know, comparisons to Kyle Fuller as well. I think a lot of people feel like he is definitely going to come in and have a huge effect. I think the interesting thing is, is I thought in 2021 it was it, it definitely made a lot of sense why he would be able to come in, make some sort of noise out of the gate because Patrice Rene would be gone, Storm Duck would still be your other starter on the outside, but unless a guy like Kyler McMichael or somebody else just kind of came out of nowhere and sort of impressed that much this season, you felt like there was going to be an opportunity. Now, you have Patrice Rene coming back, which, you know, we, we know how good he was back in 2018. I know it's a different system, uh, but even early last year, you know, in the reps that we saw him take against South Carolina, um, and then, uh, of course, th- in the limited reps in the game against Miami before he went down with injury, he looked pretty good in the system. And then, of course, Storm Duck, who had a big year last year, looks exactly like what they want to see. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of a question at this point, you know, how big of an influence do you think he can have? I know that you're really more of our recruiting guy, but you know the roster a, a lot as well. You do a great job of keeping up with everything during the season. What do you think the chances are that he's going to be able to come in and have sort of a, a, a big effect in his first season? I think it's really hard to say. You have to look at it from the example of a few things. One that we, you know, that has been discussed on the podcast previously uh, in terms of the roster and, you know, with other sources as well, is just how much depth this secondary is going to have, specifically at the cornerback position, now that you're getting Patrice Renee back from injury, now that you're getting transfers like Kyler McMichael, um, having Bryce Rock, having, excuse me, Bryce Watts, you know, in the transfer portal as well. As well as guys as you already have, such as, you know, sort of a standoff freshman from last year in Storm Duck and a guy that, you know, played a little bit of the outside corner, played more Nick role his freshman year in Trey Morrison. So, you know, you're really trying to work all these guys in and see, you know, do you have one of these guys playing nickel? Do you have more of a safety type playing nickel? Uh, how much rotation are you going to do with these positions? So I think it only adds to you know, what we thought previously is that there's a lot of depth here at the corner position. It's just going to be a question of how the reps are distributed and then where does each guy go? Where do you want uh, a guy, you know, do you, where do you want them on the outside? Do you want one of your corners playing nickel? Do you want, you know, a corner playing dime? Generally, some teams will, you know, move a safety down there and have, you know, three corners and three safety types for, for a dime. Look, are you playing four corners and two safeties so you know it's a lot of mixing and matching it's a really good problem to have and it's going to be interesting to see you know god willing that we have a season it's going to be interesting to see what uh trey bly and jay bateman as the uh, cornerback and safety coach respectively figure out how to create these combinations and you know use these athletes 
that's the thing that I think is going to be so different about this defense in 2020, even from 2019, is that I think there's going to be a lot more flexibility. Guys that, you know, fit the system a, a little bit better than even the guys last year. And as it goes along, you're eventually going to get to that point where you're going to see a lot of guys that kind of play that positionless football. I mean, we've talked about it with other guys that are committed in this class, like Ra Ra Dilworth in the 2021 class, actually. Now, uh, I'm going to have to get that down pat because I'm still going to keep thinking that Tony Grimes is part of this 21 class. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what you're going to see. You know, you mentioned uh, there's going to be a lot more nickel. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty more depth this year at corner um, than there was a year ago. I think, in my opinion, if, if they are... I'm not going to say if they're smart because I think they're smart about how they even use the guys last year, especially when all the injuries kicked in. But if I was coaching, I would put Trey Morrison back at the nickel because I thought he was just so much better there as, as a true freshman. I thought he was he was good last year, but you could tell that he just really didn't want to be on the outside. He's a smaller guy. It's it's easier for him to be inside against the, the shorter, quicker receivers because he's able to cover space really quickly, but he's not. A, he doesn't have the long speed to be able to keep up with some of these outside receivers, doesn't have the height to be able to go up and, and contend for the football against some of those guys on the outside. So I think that's one of the big things that if this team takes the field like you're saying, and if Grimes can come in and be the guy that we think he can be, it, it, I think it's really going to pay off is that you're going to be able to move Trey Morrison back to nickel. You're going to probably play Bly Bryce Watts on the inside as well. Those two guys can focus on being on the inside and not have to worry about, well, I may have to play out of position and play on the outside because we just don't have enough depth out there or we, you know, we, we just don't have enough experience out there. So I think that's the big thing here. Um, I, you know, I think the, the one thing is, is that if he does end up redshirting, it's not the biggest deal in the world. You know, don't read into it. If, if he comes out, maybe struggles a little bit to get adjusted. I mean, this is a guy that's going to be way ahead of schedule. It's very similar um, to, you know, a situation that it kind of reminds me of is JT Daniels when he first got to USC. He reclassified. He was there uh, earlier than people imagined. Now, he played very well, but... You know, there there were definitely some bumps in the road at times, and you had to think to yourself, okay, this is a 17-year-old kid. This is not a guy, you know, that's even the the normal age of some of the regular true freshmen that you have coming in. So there will be an adjustment curve, but this guy's extremely talented. Now, I think one of the big concerns that a lot of people have when it comes to him enrolling early is if there isn't a 2020 season, um, which again, I don't think is going to happen. I think at some point they are going to play because money really is what is going to drive that choice. Um, if they don't end up playing, you're going to have a lot of athletic departments that are going to be in a lot of trouble in terms of keeping their non-revenue sports. Even some of the sports like baseball, even some smaller basketball teams could be in trouble if they end up missing football season because of just how big the revenue is from football. But you know, one of the big concerns that a lot of people have is that we'll only be able to see this guy for two years at Carolina. Do you think that that's worth the risk, especially for a 2020 team that, as of right now, seems like you know they're probably the second favorite in behind Clemson in an ACC that you know could be conference-only play for this upcoming season? Well, I think first off, I, I just want to point out that you know ultimately, regardless of what we want, it's 
you know, it's Tony's decision on right. what he wants to do and what's best for his career. So right. do you think, do, you know, looking at it outside of that perspective, looking at it from, you know, the perspective of a fan of how we want to manage the roster, um, generally my instinct would be get the talent on campus as soon as you can for the simple reason of, and, you know, Matt Brown and the staff have emphasized we're not trying to, well, obviously we are trying to compete, you know, three to four years down the line, but we're also trying to compete now. Um, we're trying to build depth now. We're trying to, you know, go to battle with the rest of the ACC and with Clemson, with the rest of college football right now, as opposed to, you know, this slow build down the line. So right. I think, you know, from that perspective, I think they would want to take him. Even if you are sort of losing a year there, they might rather have him for two years in a key, you know, period of time that they're trying to, you know, compete for ACC championships. They'd rather have them there, have that kind of player in there uh, to really continue to build, you know, the brand and build the footprint of North Carolina. We've already seen it, you know, the past few recruiting classes where we've seen North Carolina recruit, you know, at a top level, at at a very good level, um, which you see from Grimes' commitment in and of itself. But, you know, you have a guy like that go out there, you have him compete, like we've said, sort of when he committed, you have a guy like that, it opens up the door in the future for not only guys within that area, within the Tidewater area of Virginia to come to North Carolina, but it opens up the path for elite recruits to say, hey, that's a place that I want to play. So, I, you know, maybe you're losing a year there. Maybe, you know, in the long run, it might we might look back and say, hey, you know, it would have been nice had we had him for another year. But at the same time, you know, given the ability, the, the value he's going to add for you to compete for ACG championships right now and for you to build that national presence and build that national brand, I think there's certainly good things to look at with having him on campus a year early. Yeah, and I think, you know, the point that you brought up was fantastic. You know, look, Mac Brown, we, we say it, you know, all we want on this podcast and, and, and when I've been talking to other people just about him in general. He's got the motivation. He's going to be here longer than I think we probably initially thought when he came back. We thought it was probably two to three years, get the program, you know, at least attractive to the job market that would be presented at that time. I think he'll be here a little longer than that. But we also have to remember that Mac Brown is an older coach. He doesn't really have time if he wants to win another national championship and win one at Carolina to, you know, sort of say, okay, well, we're just going to slow play this, take our time, and just try to build slowly into uh, a sustainable power. So if he can get a guy on campus earlier that could help speed that up, why not go ahead and do that? And the other thing is, and one of the reasons I think this is kind of a win-win is, look, if you get Tony Grimes on campus, he's a home run, he's fantastic. Even if it's only two years, that means the 2021 team, 2022 team are going to be extremely competitive. And I think, you know, at that point, he goes to the NFL, probably, you know, could be a first round pick, maybe early second round. Either way, that's still going to help you on the recruiting trail to sell yourself, to tell people, you know, look, we're, we're a place where you can get to the NFL from here. Then the other scenario is, is, well, let's say he comes out those two years and is good, not great. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of looking at his situation and saying, I think the ultimate goal for them is to get to the NFL as quickly as possible. I, 
I'm not quite as sold on that as maybe some people are. I think they want him to be as high of a draft pick as possible. So if that means that he comes back for a third year uh, or, you know, could potentially even stay for a senior year, you never know. Because again, we've talked about this before. I mean, just look at the guys that, you know, our former five-star commits in at, from at Carolina. I mean, Dwight Jones, uh, Dante Page Moss, and Marvin Austin. Three guys that were solid players. The only one of them that I would say lived up to the billing was probably Dwight Jones. And that was only because he had a big senior year. So there's no guarantee of success. Uh, I still think that there's, you know, Tony Grimes has all the tools to be very good. I think, you know, the comparisons that we're seeing already are very encouraging. And and I think there's a a really good NFL career somewhere down the line. But what I'm saying is, is regardless, it looks like Carolina is in a win-win situation. The one other thing that I wanted to address with this before we move on, talk about George Wilson's commitment before we get out of here. I wanted to mention, and this was asked by a couple of people, with him reclassifying to the 2020 class, does this open up an extra space in the 2021 class? It does, but it doesn't. So basically, what ends up happening is that, yes, it opens up a 2021 spot, but that 2021 spot is pretty much taken by Grimes in the 2020 class because that 2020 class now grows to 25 or 25 enrollees and then one of course commit that's still uh, he's going to go the prep route we talked about Jaden Chalmers um, a couple of weeks ago actually on uh, on the podcast he's going to go the prep route so he's still a guy that's committed to Carolina they're holding his spot for him so that class in you know in in the long run ends up being a 26 player class meaning that that would shrink the billing for the 2021 class so really in the end it doesn't have much of an effect really what the, the only effect that this has is that Tony Grimes will be with the 2020 team he is expected to enroll on August 1st and then we'll go from there of course as you know uh, everything right now in college football is sort of fluid uh you know of course we know uh yesterday they released uh the the, the Big Ten released that they will be going conference only play uh, throughout the fall sports uh, calendar, including football. Uh, it is expected that uh, other conferences will follow along. The Pac-12 did just a little while ago, earlier tonight. Uh, the ACC could be uh, pretty close behind and still nothing yet from the Big 12 or SEC. A lot of people still with the thinking that there is a chance that uh, this will be moved to the spring, but of course uh, we'll keep you up to date on all of that. Uh, We want to, of course, keep your mind off of all that, and there's an easy way to do that because, well, Carolina's got a chance to add another Virginia Beach area commitment uh, over the weekend on Sunday afternoon. That's when George Wilson, the four-star weak side defensive end in the 2021 class, is going to announce his commitment. And uh, Zach, this is another one of those ones where when you look at it, Carolina entered this race way uh, just a couple of months ago, back in May, right after he released his top seven. Amazingly now, Carolina goes into his commitment as a heavy favorite. And once again, with this commitment, we can look at one guy and thank him for making such a difference in this recruitment, and that's Dre Bly. Yeah, like we've said with Tony Grimes, you know, Dre Bly, his reputation precedes him in this area, in the Tidewater area, and that's sort of carried over into the rec- 
recruitment of George Wilson. Um, Carolina offered back in May, I believe, after Wilson released top seven and immediately became a factor there due to that Drake White connection. And now going into his announcement, he had a final four of, I believe it was North Carolina, South Carolina, Penn State, and Arizona State. Um, and, you know, we heard some information, you know, about who's the biggest competition, but we continue to hear the name of North Carolina as being that heavy favorite. Um, so, you know, going into that announcement, I believe it's going to be on Sunday um, afternoon or evening. Um, it's it's something where, you know, it looks like another guy that Carolina's going to add, a position that we've said is one that, you know, it would be nice if they had some more guys, if they had some more depth. Right. Really like what he adds from that position is sort of a long, lean edge rusher. Um, and, you know, barring something crazy happening in the future, my prediction is still going to stay with North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, uh, I totally agree with you. 24-7 sports rivals both kind of hand-in-hand on this one. A little bit different than uh, initially with the Tony Grimes decision before everything switched. But this one, they are pretty much all 100% in on Carolina. They think that um, Grimes' commitment also played a big role in that. And I think you're going to see that kind of pay off as well in the 2022 class. This is the first one where I think you're going to see that payoff helping as well uh, with the fact that Dre Bly is just doing such a great job um, recruiting in that area. Uh, you mentioned it. It's a position of need because after this season, we're, we're looking at him as probably a rush end, fitting that that hybrid defensive end slash linebacker type player. Um, a little bit thinner, but can really get after the quarterback. Good speed off the edge. So it, it really fits well for that for, for that rush end spot where they're going to lose Timon Fox after the season's over. They're going to lose Tyrone Hopper there. We don't really know what Chris Collins is at that position. You know, he flashed as a true freshman in 2018. He set out last year um, and redshirted. He's coming back this year. I personally really liked what I saw from him as a freshman. I think he'll probably fit that position well, but we don't really know. And then besides that, that leaves, of course, Desmond Evans. And then they're still, you know, still got to kind of figure out where they want to go with AJ Beattie, a guy that's 6'5, 250. So you can, he's kind of in between in terms of where he needs to be weight wise if he wants to go down to the four eye technique. Um, but of course, with a 6'5 frame, he's going to be a little thinner at 250 than a guy that's a little bit shorter at 6'1, 6'2, 250. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they go about that. Um, but there's just not going to be a ton of depth there next year. So Getting him in there, um, potentially, you know, some of the other guys, we, you know, Keyshawn Silver might be able to have the flexibility to stand up and play that position as well. Adding a little more depth there is something that Carolina definitely wants to do in this class, and this will help take care of that. So, um, yeah, I think going in, uh, you know, I'll make my prediction first. I, I think Carolina uh, will end up landing his commitment. If I had to say who's the biggest threat to Carolina, I would say Penn State, but I really feel like this is one of those ones we're going in, we're extremely confident, and I think if, if he ended up picking one of the other three schools, it would be probably one of the bigger shocks of this 2021 recruiting cycle. Is that kind of how you feel as well? Yeah, I have heard that. No, I have heard um, that South Carolina has been making a push here for him, so, you know, if there's going to be another team, that'd probably be my pick. Um, Penn State, like you said, has been a heavy, you know, contender in there just due to the proximity to the Tidewater area. But yeah, it would be sort of a shock at this point if it was that big of a flip, you know, this many days out. 
yeah, so we'll head into uh, Sunday. Of course, uh, we'll have a preview up on the website where we'll go a little more in depth on George Wilson. You guys can check that out. And then, of course, we'll have his commitment covered on Sunday afternoon for you guys on the Heel Tough Blog website. Uh, HeelToughBlog.com is where you can check out all that. And then we'll be back on the podcast uh, probably Monday night to break down what he brings to the table uh, if he commits to Carolina, which we fully expect. If for some reason he goes elsewhere, we'll, of course, have reaction to that, tell you where Carolina could possibly go next. But either way, we'll have you covered on both fronts uh, as uh, we get uh, going into uh, the, the stretch here where the 2021 class will have a chance to wrap itself up pretty quickly. Um, I feel like uh, a lot of these guys, especially with the uncertainty around uh, the college football season, not knowing if they'll be able to take official visits, um, not knowing if uh, the deadline for early uh, for early signing is going to be pushed back. Um, you know, there are there are going to be a lot more decisions, I think, coming sooner rather than later. So we'll, of course, uh, keep an eye on all that, and you can do the same, HeelToughBlog.com. So once again, want to thank uh, Zach Hubbard for stopping by with us. Want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels!